Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode five of Drag Time with Heglina, uh, broadcasting once again from the apocalypse. Um, I am glad to be back with my trusty sidekick, Mark, bringing you some entertainment during this rather challenging time when we're all stuck at home, self-isolating, social distancing, and hopefully not becoming ill or sick of ourselves or each other. If you're living with people, um, you know, this podcast has been so much fun so far, even though we launched it in a kind of a weird, a very weird time. We want to extend a special thanks to a few people out there who have contributed donations and tips towards keeping this podcast alive. If you'd like to support Drag Time with Eklina, the number one thing you can do, and it is totally free, is to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and tell anyone you can about Drag Time with Eklina. You can find me on Instagram at Heclina or Facebook, and uh, please share our show to your social media network. Mark is at Don Draper Davenport on Instagram, and you can contact him with show ideas, compliments, complaints. If you would like to contribute or tip us so we can keep bringing you original content, you can find us on Cash App as Drag Time, or visit our website, www.dragtimewithheclina.com, for other ways to contribute. Any amount helps to offset our costs, even a dollar. Word on the street is that there's not a lot that Heclina or Mark won't do for a dollar. Now, uh, before we get on with our very special guest today, I want to give a special plug for Oasis, uh, the nightclub I formerly owned and uh, I still very much care about, and I want to keep them going. Uh, I want to let you know that they have something really entertaining going on right now. You can now watch live shows which were originally performed at Oasis by tuning into Oasis TV on YouTube. Re recently uploaded episodes include Three's Company Live featuring me, Golden Girls Live featuring me, and I have to say, I'm very funny. Uh, and by the time you hear this, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Live will have premiered. We hope that you tune in for the laughs and continue to support Oasis and all of our wonderful staff and our performers during the closure. There's plenty of info on how you can do that when you tune in to Oasis TV on YouTube. Now it's time for our very, very special guest. Um, well, you probably know her uh, for her work on television in Will and Grace, and I'm not at all bitter or jealous about that. Um, how I Met Your Mother, Arrested Development, films such as Tu Wong Fu and Girls Will Be Girls. She is, of course, drag legend, Coco Peru. Hi, Coco. Hi, Hecklin. It's so good to hear you again. I know. I'm so, so glad. You took time out from being a domestic goddess uh, this evening to talk to us. I would be insulted if you didn't ask me to do this. How is your quarantine going so far? It It is what it is. I mean, yeah. I feel lucky because, uh, you know, Rafael from Spain, is his whole family, they live in apartments over there, so they don't even have a backyard to go out into. At least you and I have backyards. Yeah, I just I just finished taking a little dip in the pool before, um, before the podcast. Yeah, my pool's <laughs> not heated. I can't afford that. Oh, uh, it wasn't. Uh, my, mine's not heated either, but um, I'm from Iceland, so it was very <laughs> bracing. It was very, it was very bracing, yes. And I swam totally nude. As do I. Oh, oh! I hate wearing a bathing suit. It's so unnatural feeling. I, I can't yeah. stand it. And 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 I've read an article. They're not actually they're not healthy for you because when you come out of the water, you're sitting there and bacteria's grow. So it's better to swim nude. And we're all very worried lately about bacteria yeah. and and, <laughs> and germs. I got. I just came back from. I felt like it was just. I was Mad Max just now. I went to. 
by Walmart today to look for um, a, a microphone, you know, for this podcast, and it felt like a war out there. And I, and I put I put gloves on before I went into um, Walmart, and I just felt I could feel people breathing. And I mean, everybody's so paranoid now. It's very creepy. And the other day, we went to Trader Joe's, and everybody's on uh, line, you know, out the door around the parking lot and they've marked it so you're six feet apart from each other oh yeah all the way down to the sidewalk and it just felt so surreal that you know weeks ago everything was normal and all of a sudden you know started i was supposed to leave for london to do a show and i i was they weren't quite where we were here so i'm saying you know things are getting very weird here and they're like oh you're just buying into the you know the craziness oh, you got yeah. relax mm. girl and all this stuff. Mm. i said no i don't think you quite get what's going on over here finally right. they did cancel yeah that's how that's kind of how it was here too i was like uh well in san francisco we were joking about it yeah and then all of a sudden it got very well i think you know i don't need to tell you it got very dark um, yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, we don't want to dwell completely on that uh, for this podcast. I want to make it, you know, light and entertaining. Yes. So um, so let's reminisce a little bit. Coco, tell me your favorite memory of me. I, I, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favorite memories is when I got really mad at you. And I don't even think you knew that I was mad at you. Oh, it was when we were doing Steel Dragnolias. Uh-huh. And we had that scene during the like the party scene. Uh-huh. And I don't re- we had been doing the show and I don't remember what city we were in, but I'm on stage and you and I have lines together and you said uh-huh. your line and as I went to say my line, you just decided I think I'm just going to mingle with everybody else and you walked away from me. And you know oh. when you, you know when you're on stage and you have that moment where you're thinking did did I am I in the wrong scene? Do I have the oh, right no. line? Yeah. So my comic timing then was thrown off and my joke didn't land as I liked it to. Uh oh. And I just thought of all the people. Oh Heclina, who in rehearsal makes sure oh. will stop the rehearsal dead cold to make uh-huh. sure no one steps on her lines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She'd be, she'd be like, um, excuse me, I peaches, um, I had this line here, and if she says that, then my joke's not going to be as funny. To, and I thought, right. well, Heglina's on top of it. She knows, you know, and she says right. how she feels. So I had to laugh. But the one thing I will say, Heglina, is there's no way, no one, I was mad for about a minute, and then I, I thought, it's Heglina. Some drug she <laughs> did years ago kicked in. Oh my God! Or oh, yeah. But anyway, I, I no, I don't think anybody can stay mad. I, well, that's not true. Well, certainly not if it's something stupid like that. But I, I, I had that moment, and then it made me laugh. I had no idea. Except <laughs> because it didn't really matter. But I, uh-huh. I remember being enraged on stage, like, "What? The oh fuck goodness! I mean." If, if 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 that had been me, I, I would have been like, "Hey, where the fuck are you going? We're yes. in the middle of our scene right now." But um, you know, because breaking the fourth wall is sometimes funny, but not yeah. Know. I didn't um, think of it fast enough. Well, anyway, I'm, I, well, my apologies, and I hope oh, that we get a chance. That. I hope that we had a chance to be on stage together when people could get out and go to shows again. That was such a fun uh, experience for me. It really was. It was a lot of fun. And you are hilarious. Well, so are you. Uh, I think the last time I worked with you, this can't, no, this is not right. Is it really? I think so. The cruise. The cruise. Yeah. No, no. Yes. No, didn't we? 
Was it? No, I, I, we we did the roast of peaches. That was after that, right? Oh yes, that was that was after that. Yeah. But anyway, tell us about how much fun you had on, on the cruise with me and peaches. I had a ball with you and peaches <laughs> on that cruise. It was so much fun. I love. You know what my favorite part of the cruise was with you? Dinner. Yes, that was, and you were always such an inspiration because Peaches and I would order like two or three desserts and you know two or three entrees, and you you would have fruit. You'd ask. Yeah, you'd ask, um, even though it wasn't on the menu, you'd be like, can I just get some fruit for my system? Um, You're very sensible. And you never went off the boat whenever we'd pull into port because, um, yeah. I guess because I had been to those ports before. I don't know. Yeah. Um, This last cruise we did with Ben de la Creme, the ports were just very underwhelming, and and I just stayed on, uh, on the boat. Actually, it was really nice. Uh, well, it's so weird to be talking about cruises now. What a difference a month makes. You yeah. Know? And I, I sat across every night from Peaches's mom. So I got to know her really well, which was hilarious. And she always had to have her um, gin martini. <laughs> That's right. Do you remember the night? The, the way didn't come over fast enough and you got you got very upset. I did because I was on my last calorie, but also it was it was a bit chaos. It was it was it was a bit chaos, and they kept saying yes, yes, we'll bring her drink, we'll bring her drink, and I was like, <laughs> I just kind of stopped everything, and I was like, bring her her drink now, and, oh. uh, and the whole table kind of froze over. I'm sorry about that. Kind of feel like I'm just doing nothing but apologizing to you during this podcast. <laughs> Heckling, you have a lot to apologize for. I know. I still I know. have that. And I tell you, I still have the video on my phone of you flossing your teeth reading a book on the bus. It was um, it was My Sister Madonna by Christopher Ciccone. <laughs> it, it was, and the reason why I didn't notice you taking a video of me was a real page turner. I, I mean, I was you totally all this- were enthralled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh God, that's that's you know what you got to send me that and I will post it and be like this. Is, this I tried. I tried to work it into peaches uh, the the roast, but it just didn't work, so I let it go. Well, that was that. that thing. I think we were in the middle of steel dracnolias. Then we were on the way to Portland. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you have been such a a delight during my quarantine because you and I share sort of the same sense of humor and we are loving every tasteless, <laughs> disgusting meme possible. Um, I love, do you know what I love? I love that if I send you something, you, 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 I'm going to get something back. You cannot, you can't not <laughs> send me something back. <laughs> Sometimes I'll say, well, you know, because I'm always thinking like, oh, I got to outdo her with something even more tasteless. <laughs> exactly, um, that's my point. What is the what is your favorite meme that we've shared? Oh God, I don't know. There's been so many. Yeah, truly, the ones that are just so horrifically wrong are the ones that I, I adore. And you know what's funny, Heglina? Most I think most of my fans don't realize how dark I can get. And oh yeah, you know the, the more wrong it is, and and also I remember one time I was working with Bianca and, and um on a cruise and all my fans that were on the cruise to see me got very upset because she had made fun of me. And I said to them, Oh, I wrote those jokes for Bianca to say about me, you know, so it's, I have a very dark twisted sense of humor. It's yeah. It's gallows humor. And that's how, that's how I've gotten through most. How I survive. Yeah. I got, I got through nine 11 like that. I got Mm -hmm. through the AIDS 
crisis through, with that. You just have to laugh at stuff. Yeah. Um, or, or else what are you going to do? Well, you, you, also, you also have to um, know who you can laugh at that stuff with. Yeah, those things that I'm sending you, I'm not going to post those. Exactly. On I, there are yeah. things I would never post, but there are things that I share with friends. I always say when I invite people over to dinner, if you can't appreciate a good shit story over dinner, uh, you're probably not going <laughs> to enjoy my home. <laughs> that is very, that's a good test, actually. Yes. For, and so oh, I, yeah. sometimes I specifically make people tell a very embarrassing shit story over dinner. And, you know, we all end up howling and cackling. Uh, but I think that's a form of intimacy. I think so, too. But you just can't always share with everybody. It's But I share it with very special people. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, and I, I also have to stop myself, too, because... I've learned the hard way. When you share something like that, it's going to backfire on you. So I, I'm just like, I share it with people. Like, I'm not going to send my aunt Cindy some of those things either. You know, like, it, yeah. it, it's right. You have to know the person's humor. Yeah. Um, now, tell us about one of your, now, everything, I think for a while at least, everything will be before and after the virus. Every every kind of event, you mm -hmm. know, it'll be like, uh, so tell me about your favorite memory. <laughs> that already seems so strange. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about your favorite memory from before the Rona. Well, maybe this isn't a memory, but what, what I find I keep thinking about is that I have a surgery on my shoulder scheduled for May and I have, it, it's just getting worse and worse and I can't sleep. And so I have been looking forward the whole year to this surgery. And when I'm traveling and lifting suitcases and I'm in pain, I just go a countdown to, you know, May 15th. Mm -hmm. And now they're, they're, they've warned me that it might be canceled. Oh, so, and also, you know, you know how hard you work and every, everybody works hard, but you work hard because you have goals. Right. So one of my other goals is that. Oh, dear. Sorry. Oh, it's John Cameron Mitchell's John, John Cameron Mitchell's calling me. Sorry. Hold on one second. Are you actually going to take the call because it's John no. Cameron Mitchell? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. John Cameron Mitchell has more celebrity than Coco Peru is what you're trying to tell me. No, no, no. <laughs> so what I've been looking forward to for almost a year now is a surgery in May because I have a torn rotator cuff and it's just getting worse. Sometimes Raphael actually has to get me put my uh, clothes on the, the shirts because I can't move my arm backwards. So now it's, it's all up in the air. And even our trip to Spain this summer, it's probably not going to happen. And you know, like everybody, you work hard because you have goals. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're out on the road and I'm lifting these heavy suitcases and hurting my arm or I'm standing on stage and my feet are killing me, I'm thinking the surgery or I'm thinking I can't wait to relax in Spain. And now I find myself still fantasizing about those things. And then I have that moment of like, oh, no, no one knows what the, the new dates are. So even my shows, they're rescheduling them, but it's still all very tentative. So it's this I just miss knowing. Miss. Yeah. Miss knowing. And, you know, and miss. And this looking forward to something and people say, oh, well, well, it'll eventually go. But I guess I just like many people, I think you just miss knowing and having something to look forward to. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, people can't even get their hair cut 
right. let alone let alone op, like uh, operations and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I thought I thought when you told me it was a problem with your shoulder, I thought maybe it was because you always give people the cold shoulder. <laughs> I just made that up. Isn't that wonderful? You know, but having, having said that, Hecklina, I have to be serious for a moment. Uh huh. You know, one of my big regrets is that I didn't get to know you and Peaches and a lot of people, in fact, not really until the last few years. I mean, I knew of you, but to become friends with you. Yeah. We, why, why did we have to wait till the end of our lives? I know it's weird, but <laughs> I, I think part of me was that I was always so insecure. And I always, I remember the first time I saw Peaches too, I was like, oh my God, like, that's so cool. And I'm just this nerd. And I just, didn't ever feel like I fit in. And um, that's funny. That's so, so funny. Because, weird. Yeah. But to, you just to, said something that sparked that. Um, and I don't remember how I made that connection, but um, that is one of my big regrets. Well, to me, I, I can't speak for peaches, but I'm pretty sure I can say, I'm pretty sure she would agree with me. To, to, to me, you were this icon. That that's I was the cold in- shoulder. That's it. Oh, okay. So I, I have been told that other people thought that I was giving them the cold shoulder, but really it was just me feeling so insecure. And when I went to see Peach's show here in LA, I went up to her at Grey Gardens. I went up to her afterwards and I said, if you ever want to put me in a show, please let me know. And she was like, are you serious? And I thought, of course, I'm, I, would, I would love to work with other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that I finally just said it, you know? Well, yeah, I, uh, I, I, it's a, it was such a, out of that whole drag queens of comedy tour. It was so much that, fun. That we did. It was so great to get to know you. And I will never forget that memory of us walking from the hotel to the venue. Uh, the venue we were going to was literally across the street from our hotel, but they had us and it was like a monsoon. It was, it was like pouring rain. rain. Yeah, windy. It was pouring rain. We were in drag. It was like raining sideways, you know, and we were walking through Times Square with our umbrellas. And the guy who was leading us had put it on the directions to the place, but he had it on car. So it was taking us in circles trying to figure out where this place was. And I'm from (laughs) New York City, but because I have a bad left leg, I was all the way in the back of everybody else. And I'm screaming, we're going the wrong way because I knew where the place and we actually stopped at some point. We're like, we're, we're not going one step further. We went in a deli. <laughs> we walked into a deli. That's right. And, and Nora, and we all, and Nora yeah. Burns was there. That's right. That was such so so yeah. random. Yeah. And then we arrived. And we arrived at the venue, and we were all soaking wet. We Peaches had to change out of the dress she was wearing, and she had bought one of bought the drag queen's dresses. Exactly. Oh, memories. And do you remember? And do you remember who? was the calmest of all of us and who actually shut me down and said, it's just rain. You'll get, you'll be fine. Do you was know it, that? was it Lady Red? No, it was Jackie Beat of all people. Really? Yes. I couldn't believe it. I said, I can't believe it's Jackie Beat telling me this. Was she walking with us? Yes. Yes. Oh, but wow. she was just in a good mood that day. My other favorite memory of that tour, and we sort of jokes about it the other day, was when um, uh, Lady Red, who I adore, Mm -hmm. was eating that bear claw. Oh, my God. And you asked asked her what she was eating. 
And she, and she said, said, a bear claw, what did Bunny say? Bunny didn't miss a beat, and she said, <laughs> don't eat your hand, in, in that Lady Bunny you know, voice. And yeah. I laughed so hard. I, could stop. I wish it yeah. had been recorded. Yeah, yeah, it was so. It was like, "Don't eat your hand." And then, you know, we are all speech. Like Lady Red was speech, so she couldn't really. Come, there's no, nothing, there's nothing she could say. Oh, it was so stupid. It's so stupid. How can you even clock. respond to it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am kind of bitter about you having all this television work. You are super hot on Will and Grace. Um, how did that all come about? They, well, Max Munchnik who is one of the creators of the show. He's a fan of my show, along with um, John Canale and Tracy Prest, who are writers on the show, who I knew back in New York City. They actually had a trio, comedy trio, with Head of Lettuce. Oh. Yeah, so the two of them moved out and became writing partners, and they got Will and Grace the first go-around. They had me on. So this time they were placing a scene in a drag bar, and they said, let's have Coco back. And uh-huh. then I really think the fact that I have lasted so long just doing my own thing and surviving like you and those of us who weren't on RuPaul's Drag Race, I, there was something when I came back on this time. And I also I think that the world has evolved so much that um, when I went back on the show, there was this respect and they really wanted to celebrate me. So they you know, they made the bar look like Coco Peru's bar with all my logo stuff and they made all this stuff they even had little um coasters made like nobody sees the coasters but they had the coasters with my logo on it so you stole um, them? yeah they gave me some and i got you know that beautiful i don't know if you saw it but there was a beautiful um light neon light of my hair and um, oh, i did see that yeah and i got to keep that oh that's great yeah so it was fun i'm done now i'm not on it anymore okay Tell me about how I met your mother. That was a long, long time ago. Yeah. And uh, I had done Girls Would Be Girls. And then Richard Day, who wrote that and directed it, was one of the writers on Arrested Development. So they had me on. And I was sitting in my dressing room and Richard came by. He said, oh, Jim Valelli wants to meet you. He was one of the creators of the show, straight guy. And he started jumping up and down like a little girl going, Coco Peru, Coco Peru. And it's just so weird when... You meet these people that have stood on that Emmy stage winning Emmys. Right. And then they're excited to meet you. It was really, that was the best memory of that experience. Uh, yeah, you've done, you've done so much. And, you know, your, the, your films, I have to admit, I've never seen Girls Will Be Girls. I'm really embarrassed. That's but, okay. But one of my first, ma- I, I'm looking at, at, your, uh, at your resume. Wait, wait, you, no, it's not a resume. What do you call it when it's television and film? IMDb. I'm looking at you, well. I'm looking at your your roster of of your work, and I remember now your scene in Trick because this was back in the day when we had phones and where we would like record outgoing messages and stuff. And I had your speech on there as my outgoing message. <laughs> um, you never tell me that. Yeah, it's it's big, it's beautiful, and you're gonna love it. Wasn't? Am yes. I paraphrasing? No, that's it. And you know, you know how that I how that. Um, that line is because one night I in New York, when I lived in New York City, I was walking home as Coco and this hot Latino guy, I mean, gorgeous Heclina, uh, stopped me and, and he said, oh, who's my beautiful neighbor? This is back when I was cute. And um, he said, 
I said, oh, hi, and whatever. And then he said, can I come upstairs with you? And I said, no. And then he, he followed me into the building. Oh. And, and I was walking up the stairs. And I, he, I, he keeps saying, please, please let me come up with you. He was so hot. And I, I turn around, I look down, and his erect penis was going oh. down one side of his leg. And he looked, he looked me in the eyes, and then he looked down at himself, and then he looked back up at me, and he said, it's big. It's beautiful, and you're gonna love it. And, and I didn't do it because I just met Raphael. Stupidly, I didn't do it. And I pulled myself up those stairs, and it was like his penis was like a magnet trying to pull me back down. And to this day, I regret. I regret it. But um, I did think as I walked up those stairs, you know, that's a great line. Someday I'm going to use that. So wow. I put it in trick. Well, I've lost a little bit of respect for you after that. Right. Story. Oh, because I didn't do it? Yeah, because you didn't do it. I, 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 I There are moments still when I regret the ones that I let get away. Me too. Even even like 20 years ago, oh, I'd be like, damn. No, 40 years ago. Well, not 40. I'm only 54. But not too long after that. Yes, there's many. I, I regret going through college when some guys actually came on to me, and I had a lot of straight guys come on to me. Because believe it or not, I was in the closet and I was so freaked out that they were they were coming on to me to try and trap me or make fun of me that mm-hmm. I didn't um, I didn't follow through. And I God, I wish I had. Oh, God, I know. Well, could have, would have, should have. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I made up for lost time. Let's put it that way. Well, really, trust me. So did I. I. I never pass up a chance now. I know. But actually, well, right now, of course, we can't do it. So. Um, no. So you talked a little bit about, you know, your your shows in London were canceled. Can you give us maybe a little idea of any current projects that you had scheduled that were canceled beyond that? Or London, uh, just all around. Everything was just yeah, yeah. wiped out. But it's okay. I, yesterday, my fans, are. I have the best fans. I put on online that people would ask me, why don't you do some cameos? Or they, they would, a lot of people are doing their shows online. And to me, I just don't see how that would work for me. So they said, well, do some cameos. We want to support you. So they've been going to my store, my merch store and buying stuff there. But then I, so I said to Michael, I said, you know, I activate the cameo for a week and I'll do some on Saturday. I got 62 cameos. Oh my God. Isn't that incredible? Now I'm really jealous. I I was so flat. I mean, it was a lot of work, but I love doing that because I I really feel so honored that people would pay me to make messages for them. But it was it was like insane. Sixty two. I felt like I was I felt like a celebrity. I I had to record four in a row last night. And I was like, wow, I'm really hot. (laughs) 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 Okay, you did me again, Coco. But you'll um, outdo me with those dirty memes you sent me. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I am actually going to be doing a couple of uh, one-woman shows where I'm, it's it's very it is very strange doing the shows in front of your computer sitting down. You know yeah. what I mean? I just don't um, think it would work for me. I think it would be gorgeous uh, yeah. because. I, th- I think you have a lot to say, and I think you, you know what I am going to be actually singing live because I try. Sometimes people, um, when they send me cameos, they ask me to lip sync something, but I found that when you're that close to the phone, you can, you know, no, no, no matter how, how hard you try to lip sync quietly, you always are kind of singing. 
Exactly. So, it, it helps make it look more real. Yes, but but when you're when the phone is that close, you can it catches the fact that you're kind of yeah. you know whispering a song. Why yeah. you know? So I, I'm like I'm going to have to sing live, you know. So um, so watch out, people. Here I'm going to croak out some tunes. <laughs> well, now we're going to go to a segment called Ask Coco. Mark is going to play two or three audio questions submitted by his high school drama club. You know, Mark is a big nerd. Have you have you gathered that yet? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, um, he's he's going to ask questions <laughs> from his high school drama club and give Miss Coco a chance to respond. So I'm going to let Mark take it away. Okay, Mark. Okay, thank you. So I have the fabulous Casey Goldsby has submitted two questions. One of them's kind of serious. It's kind of controversial. And then the second one is really fun. I think you'll appreciate it. Hi, Ms. Coco Peru. I would be interested in hearing how you felt as a queer person, non-queer people telling queer stories. In my honest opinion, I feel like you're more talented than the non-queer people that you support. And I'd be interested in hearing how you're able to navigate those relationships. Okay. I have a question, Mark, when, when it says supporting non-queer people telling whose stories, our stories? Yeah, I think it might be a reference like to Tu Wong Fu with some of the like really Hollywood casting of that or oh, maybe some okay. of the casting in television stories where it's like cis straight yeah. men playing gay yeah. men. Yeah. I know that there, there was there was also some, you know, like when uh, Hillary Swank played Brandon Tina. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. I have very mixed emotions about that. I guess um I do feel like I have seen performances where they've hired someone to play a drag queen. And I'm like, that person's never done drag. Like they should have just hired a drag queen. And then I've seen actors who can really pull it off. Um, So it is acting, but um, I think they should always try to go for authentic authenticity. And especially because we've worked so hard as queer people to have a voice it would be nice to see um, our voices being used. I think it's just the right thing to do, regardless of how well a person can play. It would be great if they came to us first. Um, Now, I will say with Trick, back in 1998, when we filmed that, um, Jim Fall, who directed it, could not find any gay actors that wanted to play those two gay roles Mm -hmm. because being gay back then was so dangerous for someone's career. Oh wow! So yeah, he, he ended up having to hire two straight boys, but his intention was to obviously hire two gay guys, but he just couldn't find them. What about like um, with Hairspray, where Harvey Fierstein played uh, Edna on Broadway, and then when they did that movie, yeah, that they, bothered uh, me. I mean, it's it should have been Harvey. It just that really bothered me. I mean, yeah, I didn't even want to see it for that reason. Right. I did see it, but I, you know, that that just I missed him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. So we've got one more. Here's Casey again. Hi, Miss Coco Peru. It's me again. Now, this is a fun question. In the monologue that you did in the movie Trick, how much of that was in the script and how much of that was improv? Because I tell you what, that monologue is legendary. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, wow, we just talked about this. Yeah, I don't improv much. And in fact, when I do my one person shows, the, the tech people are always kind of amazed after what's going. Oh, my God, that show was word for word. 
So the trick monologue, um, the first reading we did, I was not in the movie, but I helped Jim audition people. And then he ended up asking if I would read the part that Tori Spelling would later play. And then everyone said, oh, you've got to keep the drag queen in the movie. So they wrote me a scene and then I rewrote it to try and, you know, punch it up some and make it sound more like me. And um, it was literally word for word. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that, that is, is that it for the Coco questions? That's it for the Coco questions. Well, um, I have, I, I have one. I, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find things to keep me busy around the house. Cause you know, I, I'm not doing drag shows or cameos 24 mm-hmm. seven. So I am learning how to bake. I am uh, actually, I'm taking an online typing class um, to learn how to type properly and I'm also, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you get one of those Monopoly games mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and every time you shop, they give you Monopoly tickets. I'm, I'm actually, I've always like turned my nose up at that, but I'm actually playing that right now. What, are there any silly? Is that gambling? Well, I suppose it is gambling. I mean, if you open up something, you win like a free package of hot dog buns oh, or pasta cute. or something. Oh. But, um, Things that I would never dream of doing when life was normal. Are you doing anything like that around the house? Are you catching up on projects that you've kind of like left idle for a while? Um, not really. But one one thing that I am doing is going for a, a walk every day, which I never get to do. So that's been um, and it's been great. And it's funny. Uh, we're, we have a, like an app on our phone that measures how many steps you've done. Oh, wow. So like the first day I was, you know, I think it was just 5,000 something steps and I, I was exhausted. Now I'm up to almost 8,000, which is about three miles or a little over three miles, something like that's that. Great. Yeah. So that's been good. Of course, I bitch and complain every time my husband's like, come on, put your sneakers on. We're going. But um, when you come back, you're happy you've done it. The other oh, thing yeah. that I've been doing is I'm um, like you said, you know, it, it takes a lot to get dressed up in drag. And especially if you're not getting paid, so right. I've, but I've been making these little videos of cocoa thoughts while in solitude and me just reflecting on little objects I have around my house and what they mean to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people are really responding. They find it um, comforting at this time to just sort of Zen out and think about little things that mean something to, to, to me. Is that on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I post them on all, all of my social media, Facebook, so- Instagram, Speaking of, drag, speaking of drag, you're in drag right now, aren't you? Get, get <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I, did, I, I did that once. I showed up to a radio program for an interview in full drag, and they were all laughing at me. And they were like, uh-huh. they, they were straight. It wasn't even like uh-huh. that. <laughs> um, well, Coco Peru. I just cannot thank you enough for joining us. Well, Hecklina, you know I love you, and that cackle of yours is just delightful. I think it'll get us through. It'll get yes. my, my cackle will get us through. You'll have to uh, send me an audio of your cackle. Oh, I will. I, I was selling it for a while, but I then remember. the person who who set that whole thing up kind of vanished, and I think he kept all the proceeds. He kept the whole five dollars <laughs> that he profited. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. I want to thank I want to thank Miss Coco Peru for joining us. Um, you can stay in touch with Coco by finding her on Instagram at Miss Coco Peru, on Twitter at the Miss Coco Peru. That's kind of confusing. 
Um, I think what happened was maybe someone else um, called themselves Miss Coco Peru before I did. Uh, you know how people, people do that. Yeah. I tried to sign up for something the other day, and I and I tried. I gave them Heclina as my username, and they said, "Oh, that's already taken." Uh, same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, if you I really have, want I have dogs named it. after me, I have chickens named after me. I have had a dog named after me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so you can find her on Instagram and Twitter, and if you really want to find out what's happening, go to her website and sign up to stay in touch. And that is www.cocoperu.com. Um, you really are one of my favorites, honey. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, honey. I love you. And Mark, it was too. nice to talk to you as well. Thank my you. My pleasure. Thank All you right. so much. <laughs> All right. Go, you go. are Take a nerd, care. Mark, and I love you for it. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, as you all know, we are all still in the middle of quarantining. We are socially distancing, and we're stuck in our houses and apartments. But sex is on our minds more than ever. So now it's time to have a little chat with somebody who knows a lot about sex, and it's time to ask Aunt Juki. Hi, it's Aunt Juki. Hi, Aunt Juki. Hello, how are you? I'm doing okay, you know, trying to keep my energy up. Um, I have dishpan hands because I've been doing nothing but dishes. I've been doing nothing but cooking. Thank God I have a dishwasher. Yeah, that does make uh, a difference. It really does. Um, I don't have one in San Francisco. I have one here down in Palm Springs. But um, so, yes, I've never missed having sex more in my entire life than I do right now. Um, obviously, for people who are single and uh, you know aren't dating right now, the, uh, the best advice is don't have sex. Don't have hookups. But I was wondering... For people who are stuck, like couples, if there's couples who are like stuck, sheltering in place together, how can they keep their sex life sane and interesting during this time of quarantine? Everybody's having a lot of stress. I mean, I was thinking maybe, you know, couples can can pretend to have a romantic night in and, you know, and then, I don't know, but... I, I don't really do relationships. I, I do hookups a lot. But tell me, do you have any advice for people who are out there sheltering in place who are in relationships? Yes, I do. First of all, for the people who are in a relationship, oh, how lovely, how lucky you are to have a person that you can hug. Uh, for per- people that are out there and single how and by themselves, how lucky you are that you don't have to decide what's for dinner with another person and you don't have to listen to them breathing. And it's just, oh my gosh, too much, too much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, for everybody, it could be worse. It could be worse. Don't forget. True. True, true. So, for couples, I think that it is important to have some fun uh, because there is so much work in the home going on. Um, it's not so much a place of rest. It's the place of everything happening right now. So uh, keeping it light can be a good thing, um, which might even include, you know, backing off the sex for a minute, because especially when there's one person who is more interested and more ready to go than the other, uh, that can create a, a tension. 
So, you know, back off a little, let people like each other a little bit (laughs) before they, um, you know, start demanding sex from each other. But I do think that uh, there are ways to keep it fresh. Um, For many couples, they don't dress up for each other anymore. You know, if they're living together and in the same little pod, then uh, when they get ready to go out, they're just, you know, getting ready for themselves. They're not in so much getting ready for the other person, adorning themselves to please the other person. Uh, and so a, a little more of that, a little separate time if possible. Somebody stays in the bathroom and finishes getting ready. Somebody's in another room. So you're not on top of each other until you want to be on top of each other. Okay. And just to be clear, it's still the best advice for people who are single to refrain from hookups. In yes. in what scenario in what scenario <laughs> would you say would you say it's safe to have a hookup in this in this age of pandemic? I would say that if you can't keep yourself from your roommate, you're already in a pod together, you know, it might be messy uh, later, but if you need uh, some some sex action in person, <laughs> you got to go in your pod. Okay. Well, my cat is out of the question. So. Yes. <laughs> I draw the line at animals and children. Sorry, Aunt Juki. Uh, why are you apologizing to me about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true. That that uh, that's nothing to apologize for. Please don't apologize for following uh, law and morality. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> uh well, okay, I'm going to have a romantic evening then with me and my cat. I think that's a great idea. A little uh, adorning oneself for yourself, a little self-pleasure, a little porn of your choice, uh, or a bath. There's there's so many things that you can do to pamper yourself. uh, Okay, but Aunt Juki, I think we're on day, like, at the time of recording, we're on day, like, 28 of this or something. Yeah, yeah. So at some point, you know, people are definitely flipping on the apps and at least talking to one another. So do you think it's okay to like be reaching out to folks, even if you're still keeping the boundary of like not hooking up or not meeting in person or at least not meeting up and coming within six feet of each other? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's okay to be flipping on the apps and like making these connections and talking to people? Or are we creating the circumstance of like, we're creating a situation where we're probably going to falter on our boundaries or, you know, I've already done healthy I've, behavior. I've already downloaded lots of porn. I mean, I'm kind of set in fantasy land, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's well, a valid question. Yeah, that is a good question. I, I hadn't actually thought about um, how turning on the apps is uh, tempting people to maybe cross their, their boundaries that they've stated. I certainly hope that that is not what people are doing, uh, but that they are using the opportunity to maybe get to know somebody better or flirt a little bit online or have uh, Zoom sex. Is that a thing? Zoom, Zoom sex? sex. <laughs> Zoom sex? It's definitely a thing. Zoom, 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 Zoom. 
Uh, yeah, actually, I've I've been I've been doing lots of AA meetings on um, on Zoom, and they've been getting crashed by people uh, or hacked by mm-hmm. people coming on and showing hard, hardcore porn and you know calling us fags and stuff, and everybody else is horrified. And but you're I, like double feature. I, I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, one thing one thing I noticed that people are doing in the apps is um, they're stating in their profile that they're not wanting to meet up right now because they're social distancing. So they're like create you know, putting that boundary out there up front, but still kind of welcoming people to talk and get hot and get on FaceTime, exchange notes, yeah, this sort of that's thing. Great. So at least that's that's like some kind of outlet that people have available to them within the boundary of the pod. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. It, well, I, yeah, there's not a whole lot we can do. And I want to thank you for your advice, Aunt Juki. This is kind of like uh, we're living in Victorian times again. No sex. Perfumed no letters. Fun, no parties. Yeah, perfumed letters, the scar. Yeah, exactly. Don't send me a letter if you lick the envelope. Exactly. Uh, Use a sponge. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And I cannot wait until we can have you on the show to talk about actual swapping of bodily fluids. Yes. Me too. I, I cannot wait to get some action. Woo. Well, thank you, Aunt Juki. Thank you, Heclina. Aren't you going to say thank you to Mark, too? Oh, and thanks, <laughs> thanks Mark. <laughs> and thanks. You two are both on my gratitude list. Oh, oh yay. Yeah. And you're so on ours. Thank you. Tune in next time for Ask Aunt Juki. Well, thank you for tuning in to episode five of Drag Time with Heclina. And now I'm going to remind you all again, one thing you can do to, to support us, please subscribe to the show. Like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about the Drag Time with Heclina podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Heclina or Facebook at Heclina. And please, once again, share our show to your social media networks. If you would like to support us, and help us keep bringing you original content. Find us on Cash App as Drag Time or visit our website, www.dragtimewithheclita.com for other ways to contribute. Uh, we will be back very soon with a very special someone, my partner in crime back in San Francisco, co-owner of Oasis and San Francisco drag legend, Darcy Drollinger. Thanks again. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to our very special guests, Miss Coco Peru, and to our contributors, Casey Goldsby and Aunt Juki. Thanks also to Mr. B Nation for the artwork. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me. I'm Mark.